Hello, hello. Thank you for coming back for a day with her. Um, this is Audrey, and I will be on day two of my dash through the New Testament with all of my thoughts and thinking and questions and all of that. Um, so today, the focus is on chapters 10 through 15 of Matthew. Um, and so those chapters are pretty much just like the continuation of Jesus performing miracles. Um, this is more of like the life and times and not so much of like the acts of like the things in which he performed. Um, this is more of his teaching to the disciples. Um, and so in chapter 10, um, it starts off with Jesus having commissioned his um, disciples to go out and spread the word, right? And so the very first question that I had in verse five was, why did Jesus only send his disciples to go and preach to the people of Israel? Um, and that my it's my question because so as... A person who's grown up in the church, I have always learned that Christianity is the religion of the Gentiles, of those who don't claim a religion, of those who aren't part of a religious group. Um, and I've just always grown up knowing that Christianity was that kind of religion um, and that Jesus didn't really care to catered to um, like the cultural group at the time, um, which would be like the Jews um, in regards to like their belief systems and everything. He was here to wrangle in new people, right? So my question is, why did he only send them to speak to the people of Israel if they would have already been in the know? And this was a message <clears throat> and a covenant for the Gentiles. Um, and then like, okay, I was like, all right, I had to talk to myself like, Audrey, maybe you are putting too much of your assumed knowledge into this, right? Except for in the Old Testament, which I just got done reading, it, it hints at the trajectory of the religion as far as being a religion of the Gentiles and not specifically for a chosen per for a chosen people. Um, and so I, I don't understand that. Like, and there's another example as well. Um, later on, I believe in the same, um, grouping of things, which chapter, oh, chapter 15, um, in which Jesus is very much so like a snob and an ex exclusivist, like this isn't for you. I'm not here to send this message for you. This is only for God's children and you're not it. Like, if you only get the message of Jesus through church, it's like he is this peace-bringing man who is just open to everyone speaking to him. And, like, he performs miracles on any and everyone. And that's it's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and so that automatically, like, right off the bat, just I noticed it. Um, and then in verse 26, there's like this uncovering, 
of, or like this revelation of secrets. Um, and it makes so much sense. Be okay. So verse 26 says, but don't be afraid of those who threaten you for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be known, will be made known to all. Um, and the covering of something reminded me of Adam and Eve. Um, and when they were uh, first confronted by God and how they tried to hide and cover up um, and pretty much the day of atonement, um, judgment is the day in which that first punishment of covering up your shame, that first sin of trying to have secrets, something as a secret, um, it's going to be reversed, right? And so everything that you tried to hide behind will soon be taken away from you and you will only have to rely on just your true naked authentic self. Um, and like part of me is like super excited for that day to come um, because ever since I was a kid, I've always firmly believed that there's nothing important enough in your life that is worthy enough to be a secret. Um, you are not that interesting as a person. Like there is nothing so tragic that's happened to you that's never happened to anyone else in all of history. Um, it's probably a lot better for you and your mental health to share the things that you go through and the things that like set your mind on fire and whatever. Like it's probably more beneficial to you to share than it is to hold it in as a secret. And then on top of that, it's just like, who do you think you are? Like, and that's pretty much how God has come in. So verse 26, really, I just like that. Um, and then verse 34 in chapter 10 Jesus makes it very clear that he did not come to bring peace. And I love that because that is like another way in which I'm breaking down the things that I have previously learned um, and assumed to be truth. Um, and so oftentimes God is painted as a God of peace. Um, Jesus is painted as someone who has come to restore peace. Um, and both of those statements are not based in truth. Um, God is not a God of peace. He is a God of everything. That man is discombobulated. Um, and Jesus clearly states he did not come to bring peace, um, but that he was to come to like, you know, expound upon all of these things. Um, and then specifically, he says he didn't come to bring peace because of like the tradition of having false prophets um, and it's not a tradition, it's just something that the Israelites found themselves, a problem that they found themselves having far too often. Um, and so like there would be condemnations against these prophets, like if any of them are ensuring peace for the nation, know that they're lying because <laughs> utter destruction and doom is to come. Um, and Jesus is pretty much aligning himself with authentic, divinely sent prophets when he says um, he did not come to bring peace because he's only here to bring truth and knowledge of the times that are to come ahead, which are not fun times. They're not peaceful, beautiful, happy times. It's like a crazy time for most people. 
Um, yeah. And so, and then verse 35 and 36, he says, like, he came to sow discord among people and, like, the family is, you know, people, families are going to be against their family members. Um, and so my question was, um, did he come to sow discord only as a result of him turning people onto the truth? Um, like, as in, I can't fully participate in conversations with my cousin because she's a gossiper and we're not supposed to gossip. Like, is that the kind of discord he, he, he came to sow? Like, to alter your belief system so much that you can't tolerate the people around you because they haven't changed in the same way as you. They don't um, see what you believe to, to be the truth, the way that you see it. Um, so I, that was a very interesting set of verses from 34 to 36. Um, and then chapter 11 and verses 20 through 24, let me make sure. Yeah, 20 through 24, um, Jesus is talking about like judgment on these non-believers, like what will happen to these people. And he named some specific towns. And the only question was, is that were these towns already religious places or centers or were these people already in relation ship with God already in relationship with God um, because if they did not know God if they never knew God if they were never put on to God's truth they should not or would not technically be held accountable for their non-knowing but if they were already these people who had turned their backs on God then it makes sense um, but to me, it seemed as if these were not people that um, were already within the community um, or already in the know of who God is and his commandments and what he expects. Um, so that seemed completely unfair to me. Um, and then in chapter four, or not four, <laughs> chapter 12, um, the very first question that I had appeared in verse 24, in which they call Satan the prince of demons. Um, and I just want to know, when the heck did Satan go from being just the accuser, as in being a person in the heavenly body? Um, he was also one of God's heavenly hosts, just as a an adversary, right? So when did he go from being this person who was directly in alignment with God and his plan and his structure of things to being this um, prince of demons, like meaning that he has his own domain of power and control and like subjugation and things. Um, so that didn't really make sense. Like we need some explanation as to the theological shifts that are occurring in the New Testament because they just say these things like it's just normal hunky-dory, but if you're writing them down for people to read thousands of years later, you should probably explain. That's kind of rude. 
<laughs> um, okay. Another thing that reminded me of numerology was um, in chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, um, there is a, let's see. Okay, so there's somebody who's possessed um, or having just been exercised and the demon which has left it the person's body seeks to come back. Um, but instead of only coming back by itself, the demon comes back with seven other demons, like it comes back sevenfold, right? Um, and the numerology of it all, like really, I just cannot wait to get into numerology and like the importance of numbers um, and like the meaning and the transitioning of numbers. Um, I just can't wait to like fully get into that. But first, I have to get to the basics. <laughs> um, but it did remind me of like, so 2020, I've had like a very long period of separating myself and not hanging out with those who I used to align myself with um, and like altering my friend groups and um, kind of tweaking the people who I allow access to me. And a lot of the times, instead of just accepting my denial of a relationship, people will come back like, oh, well, I'm hanging out with this person. Like, we can all hang out together. It's been so long since any of us has hung out. And that just reminded me, like, these sevenfold demons coming, um, it just reminded me of, like, bad influential friends um, trying to return to your life. Um, and it's not to say that these people are bad people. It's just that like, they're not for my life and my path, you know? Um, and yeah, so the, the demons, that demonic episode, just, it just made me think of that. And I don't understand why in verses 46 through 50, Jesus denies his mother or his family like for a spiritual family, like, cool, you want to be this leader of this new spiritual movement, but that's disrespectful. I don't care. Like in my family and my culture, if you don't <laughs> honor your mother, you are automatically, whatever you're saying is irrelevant. Like you don't even honor your mom, bro. Like so that's kind of weird how Jesus didn't truly honor Mary um, and her, like, virginity and her, what's it called when, like, people are being super good, her morality. Um, he didn't honor any of that. He just kind of denounced her for this, like, for some spiritual BS. That's how I'm going to put it. Um <laughs> Um, and then to go on in, in chapter 13, um, uh, about like this farmer scattering seeds, um, I just really liked this parable, um, because it seems pretty straightforward, right? <laughs> go ahead and read through it with the farmer sowing seeds. Um, but the only question that I had in that chunk of things is, 
why were the disciples the only ones who were worthy of knowing the secrets of the kingdom of God um, without them being in like a coded kind of manner? Um, like if anybody should get a coded message, it should be those who are more more than capable of understanding the meanings, not those who are trying to come in the know. Like, so in that instance, Jesus very much so reminds me of pastors and like leaders of a church who seek to bring in new members, but not really give them the answers like that they would actually be seeking anything satisfying because you're just speaking in weird messages. Um, and then going on a little further, there's a parable of the fishing net. Um, and so my question was, um, was death the, was death good? Um, because like in this parable, like the fisher is throwing away like the fish that are Okay, when the net was full, they dragged it onto the shore, sat down and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. Um, And like the only place for a bad fish to go, like when they're throwing it away, is back into the ocean. So it's going back to its home. Um, So (laughs) I don't understand. Like, I guess I do understand because righteousness and the, the path of God um, is a path which requires separation from all that you know, but still it's just, um, is death the only true point of like not being captured by an unseen or unknown force? Um, so like for those who aren't who aren't spiritually inclined or who don't believe in God or don't believe in heaven or the way that the Bible kind of paints things. If you were thrown back into the ocean, wouldn't that kind of be like a blessing because you got me away from these crazy people? If it is that you don't, are you're not in the belief system, right? Um, so that kind of just made me question some things. Um, And then we get to chapters, chapter 14. Um, And so chapter 14 and in chapter 15, Jesus feeds a multitude of people. um, And even in those, again, like the numerology of it all kind of sits with me. And it's probably, it'll probably sit with me until I can fully commit to learning the meaning of numbers and like the messages that are given just by stating the amount of people or anything. Um, so that is my day two discussion of Matthew. Um, yep. And tomorrow we I will be doing six chapters from chapter from Matthew 16 through 22. Um, I have no clue what that's looking like. I've definitely read all of this for school once upon a time, but like it was for school. So how much do you pay attention 
for school. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for tomorrow. Hopefully it's not such a long and dragging kind of read. Um, once again, I want to thank you for listening. And hopefully I'll catch you back here tomorrow. I really hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully it's not too cold or rainy where you are. Um, yeah, I'll catch you back tomorrow.